Oh my goodness, this is gonna be really hard to find. <laughs> Welcome to No Instructions, I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. And I have a whole bunch of gray pieces in front of me. Yeah, dude, they all look the same. They all look very, very similar. That's fun. So, uh, today I'm starting on the Exosuit. Which, which I'm a, really excited about. This is a set that I wanted really badly when it came out, and I just forgot about it. So if you're watching, this is one of like the first... It was like an ideas type. It was before yeah, it was, ideas, right? Yeah, like, it was the precursor to ideas. Yeah. Share your idea, gather support. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that thing was called. Well, it says Lego ideas on it now. Yeah, so. the first ideas was like a, a Japanese satellite. It's very expensive yeah. to get. Yeah, it's like $1,000 or something. But um, it's not that big. It's just rare. Yeah. I think it was only released in Japan. That's how you know it's cool. But I never got this set when it came out. I just forgot about it, and then it kind of disappeared. And once we started doing this show, I was like, oh, i got to find some cool sets that I've missed. You know, So I started looking through them, and this was one of them. And I found it on eBay for, I don't know, it was like $35 or Yeah, something. I think that's kind of the going rate. It wasn't too bad. Because I wanted to make it one time. You're like, no, you won't. You're <laughs> very defensive about <laughs> that it. Was, I was like, oh, boy. That was okay. mine. But I actually got something else I'm not going to make today. But I want to show it to you. Okay. I'm more excited about it than you will be. I guarantee it. Check this mm. out. Should I close my eyes? No. If you're watching, check this out. Woo! This is the 1978, I believe, 1977 uh, R2-D2 model kit from MPC. This is still in the box. It's not shrink-wrapped. I passed up the shrink-wrapped version because I knew I was going to open it and just save some money. But look at this. Everything is still oh wow on the sheets. It's complete. Still in the that's bag. Shiny. Oh, is that that's a snap tube? Uh, no, it's a glue tube. But the reason that I wanted this one glued together. Uh, the reason that I wanted this one was because as soon as I saw it online, I remembered that my brother had it when we were growing up, and this is one of the models of his that I ruined. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm not going to give him this one because I've already paid my penance for that. But uh, I think, sorry, Bill, if I haven't. But anyway, it just reminded me, like, oh, there was a really cool R2-D2 model from when I was a kid. Um, and so I started looking it up, and it wasn't that expensive. But it's just a cool old piece of, uh, you know, old piece of memorabilia. And I really haven't looked at the instructions yet to see how it goes together, but... I'm excited. I don't know. I, I, now that I'm deep in the R2 building thing, I'm kind of mm -hmm. interested in how all these old models and even current models, how they represent the same pieces and the same stuff. Like, it'll be different for sure because this is less accurate than what's out now. But, anyway, I don't know when I'll get to this. In fact, part of me kind of doesn't even want to do. make it, but I just... Oh, you do? I mean, I... I, I is that the collector and you coming back? Kind of. I just kind of want it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you'll probably hear a ton of noise today because summer is here, which means my kids are home, but also my wife is taking care of a bunch of other kids. My kids are here. <laughs> Neighbor kids are here. Um, so, yeah. There's gonna yeah, be your house is the place to be right now. Well, yeah. You know, that's what we do. It's the happening joint. Yep. What are you up to? I'm still working on. I mean, I gotta not call it what you called it. <laughs> I um, accidentally almost called it. What, what did I say? The iron machine. The iron machine model. Yeah. Wait a minute. This isn't right. Oh geez. Hold on. I'm working on war machine. <laughs> That's not how that has to go together. You can't put two of those together. I've never done this before, and I know that much. 
Oh boy. But I'm working on War Machine that will eventually become the Punisher. Ooh. Punisher Machine? Does Punisher he have machine. a does he have a name at uh, that? It's called Punisher War Machine, and I have one of the comic books right here. Oh. But I super glued this thing, so I need to quickly fix this for <laughs> and I stuck to my finger. Um Oh, why didn't you put that next to 34? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Punisher machine. Yeah. Okay. I need to read numbers better. Hold on. <coughs> riveting to listen to. Well, that's not right Just either. as riveting to watch, I'm sure. Oh, boy. Okay, well, while he figures that out. Uh, summer is here. Oh, boy. And so that means a lot is changing around here for us, like as far as... I have a different schedule in the morning, which is actually kind of cool. Um, you know, I, we don't have to get up in, at 6 o'clock to get them to school, so now I'm able to get up 6.30, sleep a little bit longer, but then be up for like an hour by myself before I go for my run, have coffee, sit on the back porch, do stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been doing that more lately too, kind of waking up earlier than everybody. It's really nice. It's quiet. It is. Oh. Super, super nice. I feel like I have a tolerance problem here with this piece of Lego. This should fit together, and it doesn't. So if you know Lego at all, you can take a the female end of a stud, like a one-by, and you can put it in between four mm-hmm. males, and this one won't fit. Oh, I lied. Yeah, it fits. Never mind. So you went camping. Oh, yes, we talked I about did. that last time. How did it go? It went surprisingly well. Um, we tried, my wife, my lovely, beautiful wife, front-loaded a lot of the work, getting the food ready, getting everybody's kind of bags ready. Uh, we talked about on here, you know, using the bigger tent because everybody wanted to probably sleep in the same tent. Then afterward, we kind of talked about like what went right, what went wrong, mm-hmm. what would we do differently next time. And I think that the, the two tents, whoops, sorry, I kicked the microphone. I think the two tents would have worked. Um, but now that we've done it, kind of the, the big tent, I think next time we'll do two hmm. because they didn't want to sleep and they didn't want to sleep because not because we were in the room, just, they were just kind of wired and yeah. jumping around and playing. Uh, but it was really nice. We so went out. I'm to, curious, how, how would that change with two tents or what would be the, the, I could go to sleep when I want to go to sleep or I, I could at least lay down when I want to lay down because they were in a tent. And we just waited outside. The first night we were all really tired because we went on this big long hike. Oh. I'm like, I want to go lay down. But I know that if we go in there, they're just going to want to play and be loud. And I don't know. I just want my own tent. Hmm. Yeah, cool. I think. I think that was one thing we came, over, we came away with. That I think the fears that we had, um, while we were very cautious, and I think it was a good idea to be that cautious on the first time. But I think we can use two tents. Cool. And because putting up your tent, I'm unfamiliar with it. Like, I've done yeah. my other two tents. Yeah. I know how it goes together. I don't need the instructions. One of them is one of those ones that, like, folds on itself with, like, the springs. Or not the springs, but, like, kind of spring steel band, like a, a laundry hamper. Yeah. Or, like, the little shade you put in the front oh, of your yeah. car. Yeah. And so you just take it and you throw it, and boom, the tent's ready to go. Nice. And when I had yours, it was it was way bigger than ours. I'm like, okay, how do we do this? And then I started getting a little frustrated because I was trying to put the tent together and the kids were trying to walk on it. And they were trying to be, um, I think, what some people could describe as helpful. <laughs> and I started getting a little a little stressed. I'm like, man, let's just put this thing up. We can go do what we got to do. But my wife did an amazing job. 
getting all the food and everything together. Like she had dinner, breakfast and dinner planned. She had stuff to make, like sandwiches, because we were going hiking. Um, it's called Natural Bridge. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Natural Bridge State Park in eastern Kentucky. Super nice hikes. Way different than the Florida camping that my wife and I are used to. There weren't any bugs. Yeah. Like, that's bonkers. You can't go camping without just waking up soaking wet with <laughs> a thousand mosquito bites on you, and we didn't. See, that's funny, because, I mean, I know, you know, you, you camp where you can camp. But to me, camping in Florida, just, I don't think I've ever done it. It sounds absolutely horrible. Well, my it, wife it, it just doesn't camping. sound like camping to me. It sounds like being hot outside. Yes. You know? That's really what it is. You'd be hot outside inside of a little nylon incubator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she used to go camping with her family all the time. My family had campers, like my grandparents, my aunts, and uncles. So when mm. we went camping, it was in a camper right. or like an RV. Um, but she would go with her family on the river. So it was like an aquatic camping style thing it was all just kind of all in one and there was a little stream kind of river thing where we were staying that she actually had to save a kid's life she plucked a kid out of the water that's i was so proud of her yeah apparently this kid didn't know how to swim there was a little drop off underneath the water that was kind of murky that nobody saw Hmm. she hopped to that kid is alive now nice that's a good thing yep I think he is obliged to name his firstborn after her. <laughs> Even if it's a dude. Yep. That dude is named Tiffany. Tomfany. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm glad it was a good trip. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was the little the little hiccups along the way. Yeah, there always is. Kids are complaining when they first get there. We, oh, this is a thing. We purposely unplugged, like left our phones places. Yeah. I purposely did not look at my phone for things. Uh, I had some work stuff to do as we were leaving, and I got that done. Some Instagram-y kind of reports and insights and metrics and things I had to look up and, and send to people, but I did that, I think, probably before we left town. I had that done. Hmm. And it was nice, uh, but I was bored. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't bring a book. I didn't bring anything else no. to do. And then part of me was like, well, if I listen to a podcast, is that the same thing as reading a book? I mean, if I listen to an audio book, is it worse because I'm using a device than a book book? I don't that, I mean that's a whole discussion in and of itself. Like, you know, is listening to an audio book actually reading a book? And I would say yes, it is. I agree. I mean, I think there's definitely as you're when you're younger, there's a lot to be learned by physically reading a book because you need to learn how to do that and learn how to do it quicker than you start out doing it. But once you can read, I mean, you know, as an adult, I think it's exactly the same. You're you're taking it in, you know. Yep. You're receiving information. One it's way like or the other. it's like watching live music or listening to recorded music. In my mind, it's the same thing. But yeah, that's that's just me. And then part of me was like, well, we're trying to unplug. And then there were times where I was by myself, like when they went over to the little stream thing. I just kind of hung back because I was tired, and we went on a big hike. And it's like I kind of want to listen to. A podcast. I'm like, but I'm supposed to not be plugged. <laughs> Sounds gross. But, but I don't know. And so yeah, I did. Just did she didn't care. Guilty or something? Or? No, it was part of. It was kind of a challenge for myself. I'm like, can I even do this? Like, am I that addicted to technology hmm. that I feel like I have to fill empty time with? 
yeah. kind of just random <clears throat> perusing, not purpose. And there were times where I'm like, ooh, I want to look up this thing. And I think that, like, if I was at home and I had Encyclopedia Britannica around me, I could just run to it or I could pick up my phone. And I think that those things are really the same. Yeah, but, I mean, don't you think that's different than, than <clears throat> actively using that tool to get some knowledge or to figure something out or whether that's very different than just like, well, I'm bored. I may as well pull up my phone, my phone and go through the Instagram feed that goes on forever. Yes, I think those are very different things. I think the danger is when that becomes your de facto. Like that's your default. Anytime you are at rest, you are just scrolling. Yeah, and that's what I was trying not to do. And I mean, I do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah. I do that. And I've noted that's something that I want to quit doing or not do as much as just like a default. Like I'm bored. Let's randomly scroll right. so that it can just fill time. Not that I'm engaged by every single piece of information or content that I have on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. It's just occupying my visual space. Right. So I've been um, learning Italian for a while now. I think I'm on like day 76 or something like that. But that I've tried to keep, even though I don't really need to learn Italian anymore because we already went and I don't know when we'll go again. I don't really need to learn it, but I'm trying to keep that up as a time filler, as a way to, if I have free time and, I, and I'm not engaged in anything else, but I feel bored, mm-hmm. I can even if I've done my lesson for the day, I can always pull that out and do lesson. And it's on the phone. Yeah. It's, it's like a, a way that I'm still learning something. I'm reinforcing something, but I'm not just like mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. You know, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, it's not especially Italian is not really a language I ever had any desire to learn and I kind of still don't but it's like I'm already into it and I'm enjoying the fact that I'm learning something new and I just kind of want to keep going on it until I can actually speak it a little bit um I don't know when I'll do that but (laughs) it'd be cool just to be able to you know well there were opportunities where I'm like I should teach my kids stuff because I was a survival Mm. excuse me a survival instructor I'm like, I know how to do things. And I have in my camping gear, I've got my little waterproof bags of like, this is my fire starting. This is my medical thing. This is, you know. So we went to make a fire and I show my son. I'm like, hey, we he, was, he knows about Flint from Breath of the Wild as we were playing Zelda. Oh, like nice. you collect Flint and you can use it to start a fire. I'm like, let's actually start a fire with Flint. And I showed him how to, you know, strike the the scraper and it shoots sparks and does this thing light on fire better than this material, like surface area and things. And I was like, this could be really good. And it could be really terrible that I'm trying to show my son how to start fires. <laughs> Cause I went through a little pyromania stage where yeah. I just wanted to light stuff on fire. And uh, it was really good at first. He was nervous cause it shot sparks. Hmm. And then uh, we had little, uh, little hypothesis experiments. Like I had newspaper, I had dryer lint and there's like a cotton ball. I'm like, which one of these things do you think is going to light on fire easiest and why? And which one's going to burn the longest and why? And so we had a little science lesson. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And he got excited. And I got a picture of him standing over like the fire that he made, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah, but they, the three of my kids, um, my wife got these little like glow stick masks and glow stick little weapons and things. So at night they were running around oh, yeah. these little glow sticks. Well, they made their own kind of superheroes out of them because they had different masks. Like Deacon had one with little horns and my middle son had one that looked like a bat and my daughter had one that looked like a butterfly. And so they all had these superhero kind of personas and they were like yeah. running around our campsite and then actually met some kids from down the way at the, another campsite and just kind of went. 
Hmm. And they occupied themselves. That's cool. Because when they first got there, my oldest son was mad. He's like, I'm bored. What do I do? I'm like, I don't know, man. Just go. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. And for some kids, that can be very natural. But for my son, it's not. And my wife and I were listening to a podcast on the way home. And it was a, a couple's podcast. And they were talking about traveling with their kids and how you have to be a cruise director. <laughs> like to your children. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's not like for the cruise director, it's not a fun cruise. Right. They're it's working. Work. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you <laughs> go on vacation point. with your kids, like you're a cruise director. Yeah. And he looked at me like, hey, cruise director, like win shuffleboard, wins all the activities. And I'm like, I got nothing scheduled for you, brother. Yeah. Go hmm. play. And he was not liking that idea. And then eventually we just kind of scattered some of the things that my wife brilliantly brought with us. And they started to play together. Yeah. They played with other random kids, which gave their parents like a tad little break. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Summer is kind of like that. I mean, it, it, for kids that are in school, you know, they get they have this big block of their day almost every day that's laid out for them, that they're occupied, they're given things to do actively by the teachers and by the school, and then they get home, they have homework, and then they have chores and whatever. And so summer comes around, and they're just like, what now? What do I do? Yep. And I'm like, I don't know. Not my problem. Yeah. You have free time that you will never have for the rest of your life. Yep. Find something fun to do. You know. I used to get so upset when my dad would go, I'm not your entertainment committee. And I used to think that that was such like an old man cop-out statement. And then when my son looks at me, he's like, well, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm we, not are, your... we are on parallel tracks here, brother. <laughs> you need to go find your way. I remember specifically, well, I'm sure this happened a lot, but one time when I was a kid, uh, my mom stayed home when I was growing up. And so before I went to school, you know, like I was hanging out at the house a lot and she would, you know, give me stuff to do and we would play and whatever. And I remember one time <clears throat> just being bored and I occupied myself a lot because I played, my brother and sister were older than me. So I played by myself a lot. You know, we weren't like into the same stuff, but one time I just was like whining, like, I'm so bored. I don't have anything to do. And she was like, I don't remember how she said it, but the, the idea was just be bored. Like you don't have to fill your time with something. Hmm. And that always stuck with me because I don't do that naturally. I'm always looking for something to And now I don't have trouble filling time, right? Now I've always got things that I want to do like oh, any any free moment that nobody needs me and nobody, you know, everybody's occupied, I can go work on R2D2 for a few minutes or right. I can like I I've never been able to sit down in this house and play music by myself. Because I've never made time for it. Because any time that I have little bits, I'm like, oh, oh, I could do this, or I could do that, or I could do music, or I could do whatever. But as a kid, it was just like she was trying to reinforce that I should just enjoy the fact that I have nothing to do. Hmm. And, you know, I mean, I need to teach my kids that too. But you also want them to be kind of self-starters and be able to yeah. come up with something to occupy their yeah, time. Your on imagination. Their Use your imagination. It's really fun. Yeah. And that's, I mean, well, my mom... We used to do a thing where every once in a while she would take, like, either my brother or my sister or I, like, out and have, like, an individualized day. And we do that with our kids. We, we try our best to make it, you know, a very personal experience. That's hard for us to do. It really is. It's hard for us, too. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but I think that whenever they're home, they just expect that. And they're like, okay, when are we going to go do our own personalized thing where we go spend money on stuff, like go to the movies or go to Target mm-hmm. or go to wherever – and their expectation of that existence just happening all the time. 
And I'm like, this is not one of those moments. Like, that's not the standard. Hmm. And so whenever they have to fill their own time, they feel like an extra deficit because they're being ignored, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. That, that's speculation. But um, it was really rewarding and really quite nice just to watch them go play together. And then they would fight because they're kids. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> it like, always reverts to that. Yep. But for the most part, they had a great time. And it looked like they had a great time. And one night, like, I made a fire and we did s'mores and uh, the little ones went to bed. And my oldest son and my wife, they've been reading this book together. They sat out and I was really tired. And I'm like, I'm going to go lay down. Stare daggers at my daughter who doesn't want to sleep. Keep her from waking up and jumping all over people. Uh, I could hear them out there reading this book together. And they stayed up until like midnight, like the night that we were leaving. And then oh, he wow. was, he went to go lay down and he's like, mom, I can't, I heard this the next morning. Uh, he was like, mom, I can't sleep. Can I help you clean up? Hmm. And so, because it was supposed to rain the next morning, which it didn't. So hmm. he helped her that evening, like pack all the stuff that could be packed up, pack it all up. That's awesome. Yeah. And they had an amazing time. And he, he told me, he's like, I went to bed and it was like 1230 in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's great. Like, good. I'm. I'm excited that he got to have that moment with her and he yeah. got to like take yeah. some responsibility and have that very, those personalized moments like we're talking about at a camping trip and huh. to enjoy yeah. a book. Like all of those things were wins, huge <laughs> wins in my opinion. Cause I was never one to enjoy reading books. It was always just mandatory reading at school. Yeah. I never found something that kind of caught my attention and I really enjoyed and they have a lot. So there were a lot of really key moments I think in the camping trip. That they're probably not going to remember and they're not going to hold true. But for a first excursion with all of us together, uh, I mentioned last time we spoke that I'm trying not to be a humbug about it. I'm trying not to doom it before it starts. And I didn't. Hmm. And it went okay. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I was kind of hoping to have that same type of uh, beginning to summer vacation. And it's been a disaster. Really? <laughs> I mean, not that. That's an exaggeration. They, I mean, <laughs> so Sunday afternoon, we had a bunch of yard work to do, and we took turns mowing, and we took turns just doing stuff, and the kids got them, we bought them new water guns, one of them was out at a friend's house, and the other three just, like, shot each other with water guns for a long time, and they did great, and that was fun, and then Monday, the first non-school day of the summer, right, I'm like, all right, you guys have nothing to do, I mean, do your chores in the morning, they're done quickly, you know, 20 minutes, and then you're free. And it was nonstop, all day long, fighting, arguing, hitting, throwing, mm. screaming. Three kids got grounded. It was just like, come on, guys. Like, yep. this is your time to enjoy. And you're ruining it because you're upset about things that don't matter or you're being unkind or you're, you know, whatever. Just being butts. Like, stop. <laughs> it doesn't work out for you. It, the futility I know, of that's that. That's the thing. Like, I wish I could get that through to them. Like, being... And patience is not fun. I get it. I'm not terribly patient. But a little bit of patience goes so much further. And I had to explain this again, that, like, everybody makes mistakes. Everything you do is not going to be right, and we don't expect that of you. But instead of, like, blaming somebody else for your mistakes or, like, fighting back and talking about it, just stop and apologize. Yeah. Like... My daughter got into this big thing, and she talked back to her mom, and it turned into a bigger thing, and a bigger thing, and a bigger thing. And then it was just like, everybody's crying and mad and this and that. And I'm like, if when she called you out, 
if you had taken a split second and just said, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have done that, I'm sorry, all would have been forgiven. The rest of the day could have gone on, but it just, yep. like, it fell downhill from there, and it was just bad, 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 bad. And I wish I could get that through to them. I know it's a maturity thing that they just yeah. have to... I they have to get to. But. Points like that, I tried to stop and go like, when did I get humility? Hmm. Like, at what point in my life can I say that I was finally humble enough to understand that? And it was deep into my 20s. Yeah. And it was a hard-fought lesson. Hmm. And so some of those things, like, if I have to give grace to my kids, it's when I stop and go like, when did I understand that point that I'm trying to stress to them right now? Because yeah. it sure wasn't eight or four. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Well, it's a sucky point. <laughs> but well, yes. It, but I mean, it, as far as like being fair to them and like trying to be a little more gracious to them, it, that is a good point to remember that they're not us. They're not. You yeah, know, you don't develop on. or you don't catch on to that thing as soon as I tell you about it. Yeah. You know, you don't care whenever I tell you. Or you don't understand, or this is the first of many life lessons to reiterate this point that you're going to have along your journey. And it just kind of sucks that it's not a one and done type situation. So slightly related, we went and saw um, Aladdin the other day, this weekend. Pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was actually impressed that they took an animated movie and turned it into a live action that was good. Impressed, that's a good explanation. Um, but there's a point in it where oh, Jasmine... Oh. Uh, oh crap! And I don't remember how this re- how this happened in the animated version, so I don't know if it's the same or not. But she basically sang this song that I'd never heard about how she was supposed to be seen and not heard, and she didn't want that, and she wanted to be able to speak her mind and this and that and that. And <laughs> she wanted to be heard or some junk. Well, no, I mean it was. I don't remember the specifics <laughs> of how know. she said it, but basically she felt like she was supposed to be seen and not heard. And about kids were that, and that was at voice because her dad is the sultan, and so whatever. So when my daughter got into all this trouble, she was upset, and my wife was upset, and I tried to go in not being upset because I wasn't a part of the whole conversation, and like, let's talk about it, what happened. And her response after seeing this movie was, I feel like I don't ever get to talk, and I feel like you guys expect me to be seen and not heard. And I was like, ooh. Ouch. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> that hurt. Because, I mean, there is a little bit of truth to that. Like, we don't let them respond often when they're wrong. We know they're wrong. We try to, like, reinforce what we think they should do or how we think, you know, and a lot of times we don't let them voice what they want in the yeah. moment. Not that I don't care what they think or anything, but in that moment, it's more important to me to get the right thing across. But I realized they're talking to her that. Letting her, and I've seen this in my oldest son too, letting her say the things she needs to say, right or wrong, good, bad, whatever, getting that out, I think makes more room for her to be able to listen to what we actually want to say to her. Oh, that is huge. For me personally, like in this moment, if I don't get to say my piece, no matter what it is, I could be wrong. I know I'm wrong, but I had intention behind whatever my action was and I need to explain that. Right. So whenever I've been disciplined for you know, whatever tiny things, uh, it's usually because my methods or my way was incongruent with whoever my boss happened to be. Right. Not that it was detrimental for some reason. And so if was, I've ever been not disciplined. Not bad, just different. Yeah. It's, I 
will harbor this thing that just grow. I'm like, I just need to say what I need to say. And my mom used to get so irritated. She's like, you have to have the last word. I'm like, that's not it. I mean, that could also be it. But okay. I, just, I have to say my piece. You need to know my intentions because you're going to walk away thinking I'm just inept right. or I'm insubordinate or I'm whatever. And right. that does not sit right with me. Huh. This balance is out of whack. I'm being yelled at. And I'm never going to walk away from a situation and just be yelled at. Like, nope. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to come back here and you're going to listen to me say what I have to say because I've listened to you, hmm. whoever. And now we can be even Steven about it. We can walk away with a, a handshake and an understanding. But I have never, like, I was in the stinking army and I did not do well of, like, you stand there at attention and just be chewed out. Right. And the whole time it's like, <laughs> no, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And a couple times I had to. Hmm. Like I had this guy that was in charge of me and one of the most amazing people in my life. And he, he looked at me and he was like, you know how you do that? He's like, you say permission to speak freely. And when you say permission to speak freely, you can say whatever you want to. Huh. He's like, that's your chance. Just like, boom, shotgun at the person. Cause they let you say whatever you wanted to. That's their own stupid fault for saying yes. <laughs> but I, I know that about me personally as yeah. an almost 35 year old. If I don't get to say my part, yeah. Or not necessarily a rebuttal because I could agree 100% with the discipline I am being dished out. I agree. I did wrong. I know that I did wrong. So, I've internalized that. So it's just that. being heard. It's just I have to be heard. Hmm. I need you to understand where I came from or what my thought process was so that you don't think I'm just stupid yeah. or uh, purposely and willfully insubordinate. Like I just need to be heard. Yeah. That's it. So two things from that. One, I, after she said that, I totally realized that we were not doing that. And I had to explain to her that the reason that we have a response to everything is because it's our job as parents to, like, turn her into a good adult. It's like we're trying to reinforce the right stuff and trying to, you know, move her away from the wrong stuff. And part of that is how you treat people, how you respond to people. And so we had a big conversation around that. Second thing is you just made me realize part of why YouTube comments are so frustrating to me because somebody gets to yell at me and yep, I don't get, you to, don't get to say it back. And that's why whenever I answer comments as you, there are certain times when I have to log out of your account and log into my account and say something <laughs> snarky back to people. <laughs> and I, I don't even think it's like that. I want to say anything mean, no matter what I say, it doesn't get heard. And, and, and it's and it not won't be right. It, it won't satiate that. It will well, never, I think it's like, you know, we we talk about every action here, and we talk about why things are being done, and I at least think through why I'm making all these choices. That doesn't mean they're the best choices. It means I have a reason for them. They're substantiated to you. Yeah, right. And that's all it needs to be. And so I think a lot of times when the comments are, I can't believe you did that, or why in the world would you do something this way, or this is going to happen because of that choice. If we were doing that in person, I would be like, oh, well, what I was thinking was blah, 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 blah. Yep. And it could still be wrong. I mean, I'm not saying all my logic is sound, but I would at least have a, well, here's what I was thinking. Like, let's talk about it. But in that case of that, like, you're an idiot. I can't believe you did it this way. I logged off. I'm done. And then I'm sitting here like, well, but, 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 yep. but I was they, thinking. Nur, nur, they you know. ignorantly won that conversation. I think of it, maybe it's back to my, like, debate time in high school, is that that person not – in a real sense, one, 
because I did not get to Didn't address get the their point. To respond, yeah. Like I cannot rebuke or rebuttal. I can't refute anything that you just said because I don't have the venue to do so. Hmm. Thereby, there are open points that you made that I did not address, so you won. And nope, <laughs> that doesn't sit right with me, and never, ever, ever will. Because, like you said, I'm not, you know, reckless. Especially when I, you know, have worked for people. I'm very independent. I know what I need to do. You don't need to micromanage me. Leave me be. And if I make a decision that is based on the good or the the purpose of what it is that we're doing that may not line up with some policy or some political kind of tiptoe that I'm like, I think is stupid. That's usually when I need to be brought back, mm. honed into centers. Whenever I go off and I'll run my own thing. Right. And I go, Oh, okay. I guess I do work for Lockheed or the army or whoever. And so when I'm being disciplined, it's like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And, but you need to understand where I'm coming from because it's probably because I feel like I'm right. And I, I can we sway naturally. that person. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, you can scream until you're red in the face and you pass out. But maybe it is my mom is right. I just need to get the last word hmm. so that you need to know that I'm right and I drop the mic and then we're done. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, and I think as a parent, you also want to have the last word just because you are in charge and you are responsible. And so maybe it's not the same reasoning, but it is still you want to have the last word because you want the final say in uh, discipline or whatever. And I think if we can get in the habit, I'm talking about Jenny and I, if we can get in the habit of letting them have their say, they get that out and then it gives us the chance to have the last word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if we say our, what we're trying to make the last word and then they want to talk, then we're fighting against, so, but wait, I just had the last word. You got to stop. And they're like, I just want to say my piece, you know, yep. right or wrong. So I think there's a lot of learning that we have to do there and we have to figure out how to control ourselves in the moment to think about that and not be uh, on the defense all the time. And we've talked about that before, like that, Scream Free Parenting book talks mm-hmm. a lot about how defensive parents can get about everything and how we take everything personally and stuff. And it is such a hard habit to break. Yep. But I think it it would go that would go a long way in being able to let the kid get their thing out, say what they need to say, explain themselves or whatever, um, and l- let us be able to hear that without taking it personally. So. That's work we need to do. I need to do for sure. I found that allowing them to say their piece because I come to that realization for myself with my oldest son, I have to react to him the way that someone needs to react to me Hmm. because we have like our personalities are so similar. And so if I recognize a trait within myself, I have to stop and go nine and a half out of 10 times. This applies to him too. Yeah. And when I let him say his piece, he will usually tell me his thought process or tell me his intentions. And so that is when I can really get to the heart of kind of correction. I go, that is where your logic oh, is flawed. I see. Right there. Hmm, that's a good point. Yeah. Is I don't have to scream until I'm red in the face about something that is it's not it's on parallel. Mark. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's not hitting him where he is. It's not hitting his issue. I'm speaking a whole other language. Hmm. Until he gets to say his piece. And I'm like, 
oh, you just want to make all of your own decisions without consequence. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Tough noogies. <laughs> I, yeah, that that's not a thing. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, that it, it's when you say it like that, it sounds like oh, well, that would actually simplify the entire process. It kind of does and because kind of diffuse all, the whole thing. Yeah, it, but you have to, man. I have to be. I'm going to use individual language. I have to be patient enough and not angry in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And that anger kind of comes from, like, what did I do wrong in my parenting or my decision-making to make you think that this was okay? Right. Which then, now I I say that out loud, I go back to, like, I lit stuff on fire. (laughs) Like, I've done all kinds of stuff that was... And you can look at your parents and say, well, it's not my parents' fault that I set stuff on fire. No. Right. It was mine. Yeah. Absolutely mine. And, And so I can say this now in this moment of hindsight clarity... But in that moment, uh, being able to take a breath and not be angry at it, and I I struggle with that so much because it's – you know what I expect. I've laid out expectations. And especially with him, he and I have had a lot of heart-to-heart, like we are understanding each other moments. And I I told him one day – I don't know if we talked about this here. Like my parenting style, the responsibilities that I have, it was either three or four things. I don't remember. And the first is that you don't die. I, I'm supposed to, you know, allow you to live. So you need food, clothing, make sure you eat your dinner, things like that. I will provide those things for you so that you will live. Mm-hmm. Live a good <clears throat> life, live a bad life. That's up to you so that you can continue on this planet uh, physically. And the second was that you can grow up to be like a good and godly man. Like respecting other people, treating other people the way that you would want to be treated, looking out for those that are that have hardships in their life, uh, making yourself available to people. And then the third one was that you won't be a white trash hooligan, <laughs> so that you won't run around in a, in a store, or you know all the things that I can conjure up in my associations with a white trash hooligan. Like, no, you you're not gonna get a face tattoo. This is not a good idea in the moment. <laughs> you're gonna regret this later. And so the the things that I tell him to do, I'm like, are going to be associated. They're all going to tie back to those three things. I was like, it's on me as a parent to make sure that whenever I harp on you or I try to discipline you or I try to correct what you're doing, that I am focused on those, at least in, in my family, at least three things. Yeah. Everything else outside of that, it's really not that big a deal. Or it's a derivative of one of those. It's yes, a, a and it's how strong that bond is back to the central root. Yeah. So, and it's a lot of times I have to check myself. We talk about, I don't know if we talk about cleaning rooms. Like that screen-free parenting book talked about their room is their room. If it really is theirs, then why should I care if it's messy or whatever? And yeah. I tiptoe that line really, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Because I associate that with, like, your attention to detail and losing things that I've spent money on and well, caring about stuff. there's also kind of, like, the responsibility thing. Like, if it's, like, the whole parable in the Bible about giving somebody a, the talents. Like, mm-hmm. if you give somebody something and you give them dominion over a thing, what they do with that counts. And if they do good with it and they take care of it, you want to give them more. If they do bad with it, you want to give them less. And yep. so I look at... The way our kids treat their rooms and the things that we buy them and stuff like that, I treat that as this is your chance to show me that you can at least maintain what we give you. I'm not asking you to, like, plant a garden and produce food for the family or anything, but, like, don't destroy your toys. The other day, second son 
got mad, and took his glasses off and threw them down. Ooh. Broke his glasses. I Ooh. fixed those glasses twice, not because he broke them, like he accidentally broke them and I glued them back together a couple times. So he threw them down in anger and shattered the piece that I had fixed before came off. And because he's had little reactions like that in the past, we were just like, all right, I told you before, if you threw your glasses, you're buying new glasses. And this is a kid who scrimps and saves and hmm. does chores for 50 cents to be able to, you know, like eke up his little $14 piggy bank. Like, that's a yeah. big deal. And he was like, well, how much are my glasses? And my wife was like, I, well, I paid 300 when we got them before. Ooh. And he was like, oh, that'll dun, dun, take forever. And I'm like, yeah. Sure will. I paid $300 for your glasses that you threw on the ground. Yep. You want glasses? You want to see? <laughs> you want to yeah. look at stuff? I mean, he has, he has two pairs of glasses, to be fair. But this his secondary pair now is not there. And he is responsible for buying. Truth be told, the frames are like 80 bucks. And so we told him. Nobody needs to tell him. No, no, I told him yesterday. I was like, I looked up those frames specifically, and they're like $80. So you don't have to pay 300 But still, you're going to be saving for months. Yep. Months of not spending anything on the stuff that you want because you got angry after being told this. Like, you've had warnings. This is not a, you know, we didn't drop this on him. And you cared more about expressing your anger violently than saying it or yelling or, you know, you did, you took an action. Yep. And now the responsibility to you is money and time. And you're going to do your chores and you're going to have a happy heart about it. And then you're going to give me all that money back. <laughs> and he totally understands it, which is good. I mean, he's not like fighting that, but he's disappointed, of course. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of what you want is for them yes. to want to change and for them right. to recognize the error of their ways. And whether it's a monetary kind of setback that, that sets that point home, then well, that tell you that we made Deacon pay for his dinner one time. Yeah, you told me. I don't know if you told it on here. Yeah, but my <laughs> oldest son we went out to this new restaurant. <laughs> but and we were going to go to the pizza place, and I'm like, "Well, I'm your dad. I know what you eat. We go through this battle every single day." And my oldest son, who is eight, was like, "I want the meatballs." I'm like, no, you, you don't. You don't eat meatballs. You don't want that. Yeah, I want that. I'm like, you're not going to eat that. But that's what I want. And he like he stood his ground so firm. And I, I pointed at the restaurant or pointed at people getting them. I'm like, that's what you're ordering. He's like, oh, no. I know. That's what I want. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to encourage this. Like, you want to try new foods? Hooray for this. I'm like, but please don't let this come back and bite me. <laughs> and they brought it out. And he's like, well, I don't want the sauce on it. I'm like, you saw at least three different examples of what this plate is going to look like. This is what you have to eat. He's like, I don't want it. I'm not going to eat it now. I'm like, nope, this was a math problem that I already solved just for you to come back and tell me that I'm wrong and then show me the right. No, 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 no. And he stood his ground. He pitched a fit. I'm like, those meatballs cost $6.50. When we go home, you are paying me $6.50. Because it's not that he tried it and didn't like it. He just arbitrarily said no. So he didn't even try it? Nope, didn't even try it. It looked wrong or whatever the reason. I don't care. I'm like, that I will not abide. You are going to pay for this food. So we went home. We got his piggy bank from all the little chores and stuff that he's been doing around the house. Paid me money for his dinner. And that's the rule. Is it, If you don't like something, that's different. Yeah. And yet, like, please tell me what you don't like about it. Not just, I don't like it. It looks weird. That's not a reason. And especially when I knew that this was going to happen. I'm not dumb. I'm like, nope, you're paying for dinner now. 
Yeah, one of ours, um, the same kid with the glasses, he, he he's, none of my kids are super picky eaters, but he specifically just freaks out about squash. I don't like squash. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite, but, like, I'll eat it, right? And my wife tries to make a lot of vegetable stuff, and she'll put vegetables in chili and different things, so we get vegetables, and that's good. But he does. He always throws a fit about, not throws a fit, he always makes, like, a, oh, man, like a squash. Mm-hmm. And for every other kid, I'm like, suck it up. You're going to eat the squash. Like, we don't do this in our house. Yeah. You eat the food that's in front of you. Eat the squash. <clears throat> and for him, he will eat the food, and then he will throw up. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it's a texture thing we figured out. That, like, he'll kind of look at it and complain and be like, oh, I don't I really don't want to. And we're like, that's it. You got to eat it. So he'll put it in his mouth and start chewing and then just start gagging. <laughs> and I feel bad. So now we've kind of, like... Okay, we got to figure out something else for you. But that's one of those things that, you know, I mean, he can't control that, I don't think. And he doesn't gag about anything else. But that, that one thing. That was me and eggplant. Yeah, I bet that to, would, I'm sure, give yeah. him the exact same. She thing. would pitch a huge fit about me not eating it. I'm like, it's gross. Like, I'm telling you right now, I do not enjoy that. And I remember as a kid, I'm like, there are foods that you don't like. You've told me that. Yeah. And I just take you on your word. I'm like, I don't want to eat this. So and how I, do you... Sorry, go ahead. Finish your story. No, but it was... I remember one time, eggplant, I threw up. And mm. she just thought I was being dramatic. I'm like, how dramatic can you be to throw up? <laughs> I'm not stomping my feet like I vomited because it's just... It's you should that go to repulsive. acting school. Um, but I'm sorry. How do I what? Uh, how do you handle like when your wife makes something that you actively don't like, but you know that your kids should learn how to eat? That doesn't happen in our house. Really? One thing that I really don't like about dinner time, and I stand my ground when my wife is more loving and patient than I am, is when she knows that they won't eat something, so she will make them like a grilled cheese or like some pasta with like butter noodles or whatever. I don't do that. I'm making dinner, and if you don't want to eat it, then you're going to go hungry. Again, this is oh, yeah. rule yeah. number one. I have to make sure that you live. Not a happy life. That's up to you. <laughs> you need sustenance. I have provided well, but, you. What low. I mean is Look like. the feast. So if she's making, uh, I don't know, I can't think of a thing, but imagine it was squash. Imagine mm-hmm. you, you don't like squash, but she's making a dish with squash in it, and mm-hmm. you don't want, like, okay, I'll speak for myself. I don't like onions that much, and mm-hmm. I usually don't put onions in things. Even cooked onions, I just don't like them. I don't really like spinach that much. I mean, I'll eat it in a salad, but it's just, like, not a thing. And so when my, my wife makes something with one of those things in it, it's like I want to set the example to the kids ah, that they should learn how to eat it, but I also don't want to eat it. And my wife knows that I don't like those things. And what she wants the best for us. Like, I'm okay, I'm an adult. I should get over it and eat it. But, like, how do you deal with that? I don't think you have to be an adult and deal with it. I think that you're a person that knows that you don't like a thing. And I'll tell you right now, if right, my wife yeah. tried to put eggplant in food, I'm going to protest and I'm going to pitch a fit. <laughs> I'm going to pitch up a straight-up <laughs> whiny baby fit. What is this nasty thing doing in my house? Objection. And I tell them the same thing. If there's, like, I know that my oldest son doesn't like tomatoes. Um, he may have had a single tomato in all of his life, hmm. but he will stand his ground at tomatoes. I can't hide him in something. He will pick it out. I don't want that. Hmm. And I'm like, he's just making this up. But I know my brother is an adult. He doesn't like tomatoes. I'm yeah. like, well, okay, people don't like things. And then we try to explain to him, like, oh, your tastes change as you get older. Maybe one day you might like it. And he doesn't want to hear that. And 
Honestly, if someone were trying to tell me that right now yeah, about eggplant, I would call them liars. <laughs> so there's some things I give them grace. I go, okay, but my middle son sees the older one not like something. Yeah. Which could be an actual thing. And he would go, oh, I don't want that either. I think it's gross. And I'm like, your personal likes and dislikes are affecting the other two. And they don't know that they don't like it. Or, I mean, my daughter, she'll eat pretty much anything. But my middle son will will mirror, will mirror what my oldest son says he likes or doesn't like. So he, he's just a complete outlier. Like, I don't know what he enjoys or what he does or doesn't. <laughs> he just inherits from his opinion. Well, he just sits around. there. And we know he likes pancakes. Dude will <laughs> gnarl down some pancakes. But those things like food preferences, it's so frustrating because I just want them to eat. Like I come over and when your wife makes food, like for dinner, your kids will eat like a plate full of it. I'm like, man, my kids won't eat. They'll eat like one and a half cucumbers and the innards of a sandwich, maybe, that doesn't have whatever. Like they like peanut butter and honey sandwiches. They like peanut butter and honey sandwiches because my oldest son read in this Winnie the Pooh book that Christopher Robin packed a peanut butter and honey sandwich for lunch. Mm. So he ate that one time. He liked it. And so that is a sandwich. Standard. Huh. If it is called a sandwich, which is the most broad term on the face of the planet, <laughs> that means it's a peanut butter and honey sandwich, probably with no crusts. I'm like, brother, you got to try a jelly. He's like, no, jelly's disgusting. I'm like, I, I know you've never had it. And no, it's not. It's awesome. I tricked him in eating a ham and cheese sandwich from Subway one time, and now he's like, Subway sandwiches are the best sandwiches ever. Yes. I'm like, they're my not, My kids though. are like that, too. They're, I'm like, that garbage. is a kind of garbage sandwich, but, you know. It is the, the McDonald's bathroom of sandwiches. <laughs> like, you, it is not. There's so much, so many things in life that are better than that. Yeah. And it's either, and whenever I'm with them, I'm like, ooh, let's go play chef, and let's make something cool. And he's like, no, I just want a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Maybe some goldfish. I'm like, ah. and I think it bugs me at his lack of imagination or his steadfastness to do the exact same thing and resistant to anything else. Okay, so you said that he um, shares a lot of his personality with you. I knew you were. Whenever you make that tone, <laughs> that means you're going to turn my words around on me. I'm not turning it around on you. I'm just curious, like, what have you noticed about yourself? Maybe not specifics, but, like, do you see that type of stuff in yourself? Um, I probably did. And then I got to see things that were outside of my little bubble. Right. And I got to experience more of the world and more of different people and just saying yes to stuff. But again, that was a certain point in my yeah. semi-adult life. Right. Uh, I don't know what I ate when I was a kid. Probably not that great because both my parents worked and we just scrounged for what we had. There was a lot of little, like those little lunch bags of chips. And I mean... 80s and 90s junk food. It was just, that's what we had. Ecto cooler. Yeah. Tons of that. But I do remember, like, as a young adult, going like, that's what a green bean tastes like. Not the ones in the can. Huh. Like, actually having fresh food. Hmm. And so I think my kids are spoiled. And if we reverted back to, like, you're just going to eat the corn niblets out of a can and you think that's vegetables, like, that's going to give you uh, an improper perception of what food actually tastes like. Right. But it's super salted. It's got a little beef broth or whatever in it to kind of add some flavor. Um, so I don't know. Maybe as a kid, I ate stuff because it was engineered to already kind of taste good. Hmm. And then when I had a fresh version of whatever that is, I'm like, this is a carrot? 
carrots are not cute. I'm not laughing at you. That's just a really no. But it's it's <laughs> like this comes from the ground, not from the freezer. The freezer section. Yeah. And I remember green beans. Like I like green beans now. Or it's peppers. Like, oh my god, peppers. Hated peppers. Hated peppers forever because they were in just like the fajita kit or whatever. Like both my parents worked. They made food work. They were loving, amazing people that made sure that we didn't die. So they fed us food. It wasn't usually fresh stuff because that was more expensive. We had cans of stuff because it was cheaper at the commissary to get like a pallet full of niblet corn than it would be to get two ears of corn. Yeah. And so when I was able to like taste real food and appreciate something that was different, it was different and better. Hmm. And I don't think that he is at the point yet where he even cares about different to find out that it is better. Right. He just likes what he likes. Yeah. And there's no reason to deviate from that. And I think that that at eight years old is a very adult way of thinking. I mean, it's an unfortunate adult way of thinking. It stays in your little world without venturing out. But yeah. I mean, you can easily be rewarded for having that train of thought your entire life. Yeah. That is unfortunate though. I, I think mean, it is unfortunate too. And because that's one of those things that like, if it's never checked or never challenged, then you just miss out on, on a yeah. lot. Food and otherwise. I mean, I think it's, less about food and more about just being able to give stuff a shot that you're not used to. But hmm. Yes, and that's one of those things as a parent that uh, the peanut butter and honey sandwich is an analogy for life. <laughs> and so I'm trying to blow this thing up way, way more than it needs to because the kid just wants to eat a sandwich and he likes what he likes. Yeah, but it's, I mean, I, you can say you're blowing that up, but there's a lot of truth to that. Like the the way that they handle the small situations with that have no consequence inform how they're going to handle the things that have consequence. I mean, it kind of matters. That's why I was trying to tell my daughter about like when you freak out and scream at someone or get upset because somebody says something you don't like and we're talking about dinner or we're talking about putting toys away or something. Like that's not okay. Yep. Because when it matters and somebody like your job yep. is on the line, you're going to revert back to something. That. Yeah. That's how you're going to act. And that's not good. Ooh, look at that. It's Ironing Man. Iron, Iron War Man Sheen's standing all up on his own. But check it out. I'm going to. He crashed. Uh, we're 54 minutes in. Well, do we have a takeaway from all this? Do we have a little tiny thing that I we know can try to do like today? For me. I know that I need to let my children speak with not not that they're going to get what they want, not that I just, they need to be heard. And I think it's it's fair for me to hear them and then be able to respond. And I think your point of trying to understand what it is they're trying to get across may actually help me respond in a more effective, more direct way. I think that's good. It takes the guessing out of being yeah. a parent because – I mean, I, I'm still not the best at it. It's a it's a technique that needs to be learned and a practice that needs to be yeah, used seems like over a, and over a again. Practice for sure. Um, I want to try to take away. I, I think giving giving our kids grace or no. I read a book recently. It was the Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the guy who's running for president. Say what? Yeah, I read his book. And he's a very efficient and, like, technology-oriented person who likes feedback and data just like I do. And he made this point. He's like, the best lean system that you could possibly have makes no account for mercy. Ooh. Because mercy is a complete break of a system 
for an individual, which hmm. is completely contrary to the efficiency, efficiency yeah. and the, the leanest way to do something. And I went, ooh, that was good because I've <laughs> never thought about that. Yeah. And I've never thought about that as very analytical, but I've never thought of, about that uh, in regards to my children. Hmm. Because the kind of not really even the army in me, I just I'm very efficient with what I do. And I go, OK, so that all of us can achieve maximum happiness in the shortest amount of time. You go get shoes. You go get this. You go make sure your water cup is filled. You go do this. And everybody get in the van. Ready, go. We're going to have fun. Go do it now. Well, before yeah. that, like all no, those I understand. Steps. But like with the intention of like I'm, yep. I'm planning ahead for good. We are maximizing <laughs> yeah. efficiency to achieve ultimate happiness. And then they all just Title. stare at me. <laughs> And then the one starts playing with Pokemon cards or the one walks in the complete opposite direction. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're breaking everything. We are not going to achieve maximum happiness with this outcome. Yes. And that's where mercy comes in. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, that's stuck. Yeah, that's pretty good. And so with dinner, with getting ready to go, with the like, boom, 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 boom. If you do this, you do this, you do this, we're getting out of this house in five seconds instead of an hour, and everything's going to be great. And then they don't. Right. <sighs> and I need to allot mercy. Yeah. I need to go in with, it would be great if we can achieve maximum happiness goal. But like decent happiness yeah. is, is still pretty good. Efficiency A plus. <laughs> if we achieve C plus, then we're doing good. Yeah. And hopefully we will all push that that efficient time scale to toward maximum happiness. We just need a net positive on the happiness. Yes. <laughs> but that, that realization that's not even just in an efficient system that, you know, as a systems engineer, I just love, I never equated that to my kids and how yeah. I interact with them yeah. and the way that I send information to them. And I go, man, it sure would be great if they were tiny little robots who did funny things when I wanted to be entertained. Hmm. But that's not how that that's works. That's not how it works. Yep. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. One more thing I was thinking about real quick. Um, did you have a friend or was your dad this way that would just, or like you've maybe seen it in a movie, um, like the dad that always just walked around the house in his underwear? <laughs> so my dad, God, I love my dad. My dad walks around in Haynes sweatpant shorts. Okay. Sweat shorts? Schwartz? Schwartz? With no underwear and a sleeveless gray. He's like monochromatic gray. Oh, double gray. A, yeah, a gray mm. t-shirt with no sleeves but still has the pocket. Okay. And sweat shorts. <laughs> sweat shorts. And socks that come up about halfway up his shin. Okay. And I remember, like, if people came over and he was just, like, sitting there, like, he would lean back in a chair a certain way. I'm like, oh, man, my dad's got no underwear on. <laughs> That's like, unless he's at work where he like, he dresses professional and he comes home and he's like, poof, like puts yeah. on his, his costume. He's like, this is my dad costume. And now he has, I like to make stuff hat, but it used to be just this grayish, bluish, benign, nothing hat with his gray on gray <laughs> and nothing else. That's funny. Do you watch the Goldbergs? No. Okay. We so talked the, about this. the main character, the dad on the Goldbergs, every, he walks in the house and at the front door, like he shuts the door and drops his pants, and nice. he doesn't have pants on the entire time. It dawned on me recently why, like growing up, you're always like, goodness, why doesn't the dad have pants? <laughs> Double gray. Yeah, that was my dad. 
Um, why doesn't the dad have pants on? And as an adult, as a homeowner, as a father, I totally understand. This is my dominion. Yeah. And if I walk around in my underwear, I get it now. Hmm. I don't. But, like, I could. Yep. And I would feel perfectly fine with it. If people want to knock on my door, there is a contract <laughs> that they are assuming that whatever is on the other side of that door, they're going to be okay with. And the reason... What is that? Oh, we have an there? alarm. Oh. It means we have to stop. Ooh, but the reason out. I thought about this is because, like, I was getting out of the shower or something, and our door, our, I walked into our bedroom from our bathroom, and our bedroom door was open, and there were a bunch of kids around a few days ago. And I was like, oh, if some kid walks by that's not mine, I'm going to be that dad who's walking around the house in his underwear, even though I'm in my own bedroom. But, like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> you got to rub your belly button when you do it. That's though. true. <laughs> just, just to lock that visual in. Anyway. But, yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that. My dad. God, I love my dad. And he walks, he like goes on a walk in the neighborhood with his dad costume on. <laughs> his dad With his costume. gray on gray, with his cut off sweat shorts. Sweat shorts. That's and his funny. feet are just like the whitest albino because he never takes, I remember he would sunbathe. He would lay out on the back deck and keep his socks on. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. He hates the beach because he doesn't like the sand. So when he would like lay out, he would lay out on the back, back deck in like a lounge chair with his sleeves rolled up, pulled up. Just, getting just the, to show his biceps. Just getting the necessary Just to parts. get rid of the farmer tan. Keep them socks on. <laughs> That's pretty good. God, I love that, man. That's a good <laughs> way to wrap it up. Put underwear on, Paul. <laughs> All right, where can people find you? Oh, man. At Instagram, at the PI Workshop, and on Twitter, at Josh Makes Stuff. And you can find us, all of us, at I Like to Make Stuff on all the stuff. Um, if you like the show and you want to help us out, Patreon is a great way to help us afford the Lego kits and model kits that we're spending money on for this. Um, but if you think that if you think our ran, random topics and stuff would be helpful to somebody else, send the show around. That would be super cool. Yeah. And if not, don't. That's cool too. All right. We have oh on yes. Patreon there is a link to Discord. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a private like just chat room. If you remember what chat rooms are. Yeah. And so there is one for I like to make stuff. There is one for no instructions. So if you become a patron at one of those levels, I don't know what level it is. You get access to the Discord, and it's just like a an instant messaging thing that. I know that Anthony looks at, I look at periodically so we can interact with you a lot closer. We get all some of the uh, pros and cons and some of the information that we get for the podcast. We, I asked um, right before we, I walked out of that room on discord, Hey man, what should we talk about? And I got some responses. So if you want some instant or super quick access to all the people here that I like to make stuff, uh, Patreon is the way to do it. We're going to be offering more stuff on Patreon yes. in the upcoming future. Some super ultra mega top cosmic secret stuff. <laughs> cosmic. Yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. realize we had cosmic secrets it's in the works, thing. but I guess we do. So yeah. check out Patreon. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff for you over there. Awesome. And I just put on, I think, the last piece. That's cool. Oh, well, I kind of missed a couple, but pretty much the last that piece. That is cool looking. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I got the last word. <laughs> sure you did. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Stop it. Quit. Yep. Yep.